Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the Anchor.fm recording platform. Super easy, distributes our podcast to many, many different platforms. There's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Check out anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. Josh Eldridge. Today we're starting a new segment called the Final Cast segment. The purpose of the segment is to bring you product reviews of items from both big and small name companies, giving you our honest opinion and ultimately our final word as to if it's worth your investment. We want to help you decide which product will be best best for you when outfitting for your next adventure. So today we have plans to do a little introduction to ourselves. Um, we'll go ahead and start with Josh, and then Josh and I are going to jump into a product that we've been familiar with for probably four or five years at this point. Sounds good, man. I'm Josh, and um, 
Justin and I got asked by the Paddle and Fin crew to do the um, to do like a product review show. Like uh, Justin said, we're going to be honest about this. No bias opinions. Um, if anybody has any requests, you want to get your products reviewed, feel free to contact Paddle and Fin through Facebook or through the uh, website. And we'll start out by talking, like he said, about ourselves. So I got into kayak fishing probably about four or five years ago. Um, I'll fast forward a little bit before that. I had started bank fishing for uh, carp and catfish about two to three years prior to that. And did that for a little bit, started to get a little bored with it. And a buddy of mine, Nick, had asked if I wanted to go wade fishing. And I'm like, wade fishing, what's that? He's like, we'll go get in the river and we'll go try to catch some smallmouth bass. And I'm like, that sounds cool. And I went out and bought like a little cheap setup. I uh, got a little loose carbon fire reel on a, um, if I remember, just like a 6.6 ugly stick. <laughs> and uh, and I went out and we went to the Stillwater River, actually, kind of nearby where Justin lives, close to there. And... Uh, I think on the first time I went out, I caught a 16 and a half or 17 inch fish and I got hooked, man. Um, I was, I have a little bit of a backpacking uh, background. I used to do that with my friends a lot when I was in my early 20s. Um, I don't do it nearly as often. Um, but wade fishing for me was kind of a mixture of fishing and backpacking in a sense. I uh, really liked just getting out there, getting in the water, throwing a backpack on, taking one rod, and uh, walking the rivers, man. Um, for me, it's a spiritual thing. It, it's, uh, you know, it's that relaxation. It's where I clear my mind. I have one task, and that task is just to fish and enjoy the outdoors. Um, Justin's familiar with it. I think a lot of us all kind of not knew each other, but knew of each other through the Ohio Game Fishing Forum. And uh, we are all on there. And that was where I kind of got introduced to kayak fishing. I was reading a lot of uh, posts and of people doing overnight trips on the river with their kayaks and just regular trips in general. And everybody was talking about how it was the way to fish. It got you to places that weren't pressured. So that's what um, I kind of looked forward to getting. It took a little while to convince the wife to drop some decent amount of uh, cash on a couple of kayaks. Um, first time I went out, a friend of mine named Matt let me borrow his field and stream sit inside. And as, as the experience went along, I actually did not enjoy it. Um, that kayak was seriously, seriously uncomfortable. I think I was in it for like two hours and my back was killing me. And so I uh, kind of decided at that point just to save up some money and pull the trigger on a nicer kayak, and in which is the, still the same kayak I have today, which Chess and I are going to be talking about and reviewing. And that was a 2015 Kusa HD. Uh, we bought it through Loveland Canoe and Kayak, who I represent today because I really believe in that company. They're really good people. So if you guys have an interest in buying kayaks or renting, please check out Loveland Canoe and Kayak. Um, but my, I had to convince the wife. At first, she didn't like how much it cost. As most people are, do kind of get a sticker shock from, you know, when you're spending over a grand in, you know, a big plastic boat or a little plastic boat, basically. 
And but I was able to convince her by saying, hey, you should get one, too. And we ended up doing that. We actually bought a trailer, too, because at the time I had a Jeep Wrangler. So it wasn't really feasible to try to top two, two, well, one big fishing kayak and a decent sized, um, you know, kind of touring type of kayak. So uh, and that's kind of basically where it's gone from there. I spent most of my time fishing rivers. I got into the lakes and tournaments this year a little bit more, but I'm not very good at it. So that's a goal of mine is to try to kind of get better with that. So um, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Justin, let him introduce himself and let him talk about what uh, what his fishing experience, his kayak experiences are so far. Right on, right on. Um, so uh, if you don't already know, I'm from the Dayton area, born and raised here. Um, from a young age, we used to go up as a family to Grand Lake St. Mary's. And we did that up until I was probably about eight or nine years old. And then right into when the, the lake took a crap. Um, so that's that's my youth fishing right there on, on, lake, on lake Grand Lake St. Mary's. Uh, but as far as getting into kayak fishing, um, there was a period in my life through high school and college when I just didn't fish. I only remember going a couple times. And then after college, or during college, I should say, I met Brad through a lifetime friend of mine who I had gone to grade school with. And his name is Jeff. Uh, at the time, Brad was kind of experiencing or going, getting back into, into, into fishing just from the bank. And he was still living at home at the time. Uh, well, he just invited me out one day. I told him, you know, sure, I've been fishing before. Um, and gradually we just agreed to meet up and fish the bank, you know, a couple times a month. And that's where it started. And then one day he said he wanted to get a kayak. And at the time I'm thinking, a kayak is just kind of whatever. I don't, I don't know if I'd be into that or not. Um, but we eventually both got a kayak and started using that for access points on the river. Um, going to spots that we hadn't been before. Uh, so that was around 2013, I want to say, and well, that started a whole new addiction for me. Um, it wasn't but probably a year later that I upgraded to my first kayak, my, my first sit-on-top kayak, I should say. My first one was a sit-in kayak from Dick's Sporting Goods. Uh, the Future Beach Fusion, I believe. Just a big blue kayak, about 300 bucks. Uh, rigged it up in several different ways. Tried to put a dash on it. Tried to put some rod holders on it. I had all kinds of stuff going on with that kayak that didn't need to be going on with that kayak. I almost flipped it once in the river. Uh, but my second kayak was a Perception Striker 11.5. Same kayak that Zach was paddling for a while for a while before he got his PA 14, PA 12. Uh, stable boat, uh, great weight capacity. I think it was 500 pounds. Uh, just a big green tank. Had that kayak for <laughs> had that kayak for eight months before I upgraded to the 2016 Jackson Coos. How, how did you like that, that perception? Uh, 
I liked it at the time because I was still kind of new to the sport, and I was thinking, wow, you know, all this is, is cool. All this is great. I didn't really have an opinion on – I hadn't looked into that many kayaks. I just had to sit inside for a year and a half, two years. And uh, going from that to a sit on top was just a game changer. I mean, I, I, I don't think I really had too many opinions about it other than it's got me on the water, sitting up higher. I could stand up in this thing, and I'm out there fishing. So – uh, looking back, it, it was a very heavy kayak to paddle. The seat wasn't that great. The cool thing about it was it had a lower seat, and it was all molded in. It was just one piece, and it had a, a lower seat where you could buy um, an updated, like a folding seat that had the like the pole straps where you could have the backrest. You could upgrade yeah. the lower one. You could put that on there uh, and sit on that, or you could just slide right up to the top. It, it put me up just as high as it's putting me up in, in the Jackson Coos HD. So, looking back, would I paddle one again? Probably not, unless I had to. But uh, it's definitely a memorable kayak for having as my second one. I think I paid about $420. I got it down here at Gander Mountain a couple years before they went out of business. Yeah. You make a good point, though, man. Like, a lot of people, you know, as a sport's blowing up like it is, people see other guys dropping some big cash on these kayaks, and you really don't need that. You know, like you said, you have memories in both of your kayaks. You know, it got you out on the water, and that's what's important. You know, people don't need to have that mindset that they have to go out and get the best one. I just happened to do it because my wife and I made an investment in doing it. And after that first experience of that sit inside kayak, I knew I just, I needed to get something comfortable, you know, um, cause that thing was when I, I, that day we went in that sit inside, I was just uncomfortable the whole time. I did not like it. Yeah. And I was like, I might as well, you know, get into buying a more expensive boat just right off the bat. There was a lot of people that warned me that too. They're like, you're going to get, you're going to go buy one of these cheaper ones. And if you really are into fishing, which I was, they're like, you're going to upgrade within a year, probably you're going to want to. So just save the money up and do it that way. So that's why I did what I did. You know, I, I recommend that to anybody who's really big into bass fishing, um, especially with the rivers and um those you know our, our kayaks perform just absolutely awesome in the river you know that yeah, hd is awesome so yeah. go ahead i'm sorry i didn't mean no, to cut you off but. no absolutely not that's, that's fine uh I, I wanted to say that there's a lot of peer pressure going on out within just kayak fishing in general there's a lot of people that will go big and bad right off the bat and sometimes that's an okay decision. Sometimes it's fine. Not that you're not going to get a good bow, but uh, I think there's a lot of pressure for people who may not have the money to go big and bad right away. Yeah. or And then they feel like they have to find a way to get the money uh, just to get into that boat uh, as opposed to exploring options that are, you know, maybe a step or two below that, which nothing, nothing is wrong with that. 
and and even when I when I went from the striker, it was only eight months right into the Kusa HD. I didn't test that boat out. There was a little yeah. bit of peer pressure. It was, you know, at the time it was Jackson, Jackson, Jackson. You heard a little <laughs> bit about you heard a little bit about Hobie, but it. I mean, that's what kind of reeled me in is. I guess you could kind of say there's a little bit of nostalgia there for Jackson because when I first started out, that's all I heard about. That's all I was yeah. seeing on the water, and they were talking about this Kusa HD. This is what people are taking out in, in tournaments, and a lot has changed in just four years. Yeah. But I put a $900 payment down on that boat, not having really done any other research than what I've heard word of mouth, and yeah. not, certainly not even testing out the boat. I did sit in it. They had floor models. But I got a custom color that they didn't. They came out with at the time, but a lot of the shops didn't have it. You would typically see your uh, teal into black, and you would see uh, like the your color, like the camo color, but you just didn't see that bright Bahama color. And I just I wanted to go different, so yeah. there there was a little bit of that involved with uh, purchasing mine. Luckily, it was a good a good investment, a good purchase. Uh, it just recently got a crack in it, so I'm not sure how i feel about the warranty that's that's going on there i'm trying to see how i feel about that but it is what it is it's been a good boat i still feel i was just thinking about this to myself not too long ago that i still feel like that boat's new to me it's only been three years and i had thoughts of keeping it eight ten years always having it for that river situation uh and here it's like i didn't even expect to get cracking because i take care of it i mean i everything i own i I keep boxes for stuff. You know, I go yeah. an extra mile to keep it safe. I don't throw stuff around. Uh, and here, I've got a crack in the seat. Clearly, well, underneath the seat, on I guess the cockpit, cockpit rim is what that would be considered. Um, which is not uncommon, apparently. And I'm thinking, man, that sucks. I already have something like that going on, you know? Yeah, when you posted that, dude, I, I went instantly, ripped, took the seat off, and I'm like, um, I don't see any cracks. I'm feeling for cracks, like weak points yeah, in there. Yeah. So. No, I, the only reason I noticed is because I was, I was having, after a short float, say, you know, we would go on a river float or something, and I was started to notice so I had probably two to three cups of water in there. And I'm thinking, okay, some of it's probably condensation, some other parts of it might just be from maybe stuff splashing up into the boat, even though it's got the, the hatch covers that are on there. Yeah. Just, just maybe it, it's, it's just something that comes along with it, even though I hadn't seen that yet. Uh, then I did the tournament the other day, well, last weekend, and I came back from, well, I came in from fishing on the tournament day, and I, it could have been an accumulation from day one to pre-fishing and the tournament because I didn't really open it up or pay attention. But it had at least a gallon of water in it. And wow. I took it out the other day and stripped it down, filled it up with water. Luckily, it's nothing on the bottom. However, where it is at, it's where the seat rests, where you can adjust. Uh, it's got something called, we'll get into it here in a little bit, called the uh, Elite C 3.0. And there's there's four adjustments too high and too low and the crack is happening where right at the base of where the low setting is and it's where the higher setting is kind of resting so it looks like it's every time i sit on it the crack opens a little bit 
and that's yeah. how all that water got in there. And it's also where when water gets in your boat and that little bit of extra water that doesn't go down the scupper holes, you know, tends to sit in these little tiny puddles. It's not really a big deal. However, it, it, that one of those puddles, puddles would be sitting right on that crack, and that's where it's just sinking in and sinking in every time it accumulates water right there. Right. And eventually, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to cave. It really is going to yeah. cave. So I have to do something about it. I don't know if I can re-weld it. Uh, maybe use that Hobie tool that you can melt. You can resurface the bottom of the Hobies. And I don't know. Maybe there's something I can do. But 30%, I, I just don't feel like with that warranty, 30% of, and it's the newest boat that's out. It's not the same year because they don't have very many of those left, if any, which would be a cheaper price, but it's, $1,800, off of that. And I'm thinking this is all something that's, it's not my fault. This is you. This is on you. Right. And, and now I have to pay more money to have replaced it. Yeah, it's, um, like you said, it, it, it's uh, something that was, uh, was reported several times, you know, quite a few times. Uh, after going to the Jackson factory, man, and seeing how that stuff is made, um, you can tell that that point has got to be like a weak point. Um, from that location, it is like one of the most inner spots for that molding to be occurring, for that plastic to flow through the mold. Yeah. And so I can see how that is a weak point. Um, I bet you it's just literally caused by that plastic being a little bit thinner than say the outside part. Um, you know, it, that's, it's a part that that plastic is being pushed in and that's like probably one of the ending spots to where it starts to cycle back all the way through. And, um, I can see why that that's a weak point in that kayak because there's what there's probably five, six or seven or eight, even probably at that point in and where your high and low seating is, where there's like 90 degree angles happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you think about that plastic traveling through the mold, those are, those are really hard turns. It's not a flowing turn, like say on the, right on the outside edge of your boat, going down into the water where that's a gradual curve, that plastic will flow through there. But if it's hitting those 90 degree angles, it's got to, your cracks are happening right at those angles, aren't they? Yeah, it is. It is right at the. Uh, I've got pictures. If I could put them on here, I would. I think eventually, once I get a little savvy with some video editing, um, I'll be able to provide stuff like that. But you're absolutely right with where with where it's happening and, and what's going on there. Um, it's very clear to see. But uh, the bottom of the boat, I will say, is um, incredibly tough. It doesn't look like it has three three and a half years of river scratch river rash river scratches um brad made a comment last time we were floating with brian and jay when they came here for the paddle and fin meetup we were doing the river and we lifted mine up to put it on top of the trailer and there was a couple comments made where it it looks good it doesn't look like it's been beat up that i i'm really <laughs> uh, you know confident that they have a tough the other parts on the boat are, are, are tough. I, I trust it for that. It's just some of these other smaller spots now that I'm becoming more aware of and I'll be looking out for. And if I do end up, up upgrading the boat, I'll be uh, 
watching out for. So, yeah, well, it's and you see the trend with these seats, and this goes across all the manufacturers as well that they're starting to do like track mount seating. You know that part. It's the this the seats aren't sitting really within the mold itself, as opposed to sitting like Brad's Bonafide has a track system. Um, I think I don't know if the new Coos HD does. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't really I, seen that boat. Yeah, I don't think it does. Something there was something with the seating. I didn't go too much in research about that. Uh, I probably should have, but that's the way to go to have that additional plastic that's already well distributed and sitting correctly, and then you can adjust your seat on top of that or within that if it's got hinges or if you can have some high and low settings within that plastic uh, that's yeah. sit, sitting on the kayak. Uh, but yeah, the models that we have were sitting directly, just bare plastic sitting on bare plastic. Yeah. But yeah, it's, that, uh, you just, can, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, it's one of those things where uh, improvements are going to be made for, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be something discovered about the 18, 19 models or or something on maybe a bonafide or something like that. It's just living and learning is all it is. Yeah, I mean it, it's going to happen with any product, really. When you think about it, there's always there's always room for improvements. I mean, just from my model to your model, there's a few differences where you can see where they upgraded some stuff, you know. Yeah. And I think that's really important, and that's what impresses me about Jackson is they're always open and listening to their customers. You know, every company is going to make defective products in a sense it's gonna happen um it stinks you know but at least they are receptive to it in my opinion and you know for the most part a lot of times they make good on their word um what i like to see like some more factory warranties extended out a little further yeah that would definitely be a good thing especially when you're dropping two thousand dollars on a fishing kayak you know like You'd, you'd like for that to last a little longer than three or four years. Like you said, Absolutely. my Kusa, my man, I, I plan on keeping that thing. I, I'd like to upgrade next year to a big rig uh, pedal drive. but And uh, my plans are those to keep that Kusa, keep it for the river. You know, I don't want to be pulling a, a big rig FD around in the, in the river unless it's a really nice big river. But for you and I and what we do around here, floating the Dayton area, man, th that's just too much boat for, for those rivers, in my opinion. It's too heavy. It's too big. Um, I like the Coos HD because that thing cuts cuts in river water really well. I can pedal, uh, paddle that thing fairly, fairly easy in the river. So, Since obviously, we're talking about – I'm sorry. Go ahead. Didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, since we're talking about specs, I wrote down some things here. Um, let's go ahead and, and talk about. So you've got the 15 model, which at the time was 11 foot, 8 inch boat, 33.5 uh, inches wide, 70 pounds without the seat, 77 pounds with the seat, and a 400 pound capacity. Are you sure that's not the Kusa? It sounds like the Kusa. Does it really? Yeah, yeah, it does. That. Does it? <laughs> yeah, I think it the might. Wrong that, thing with that, then it might be. I don't know, because I think my, I think our specs are very, very similar, actually. Because if I remember correctly, the Coos HD was like just over twelve. 
I've got I've got it down that it went over 12 foot. If that if that is the Cusa for the 2015 that I wrote down, uh, for the 2016 I do have 12 foot one inch, which sounds right, and then 34 inches wide. Yeah. 80, 84 pounds. Yeah, with, that sounds. With the seat, 425 pound capacity and uh, 16 inch deck height, which that 16 inch deck height maintained all the way up through 2019. Yeah. In 2017, the boat gained five inches, uh, still kept its width, and kept its capacity, uh, kept its weight. Same yeah. with 18. From from there on out, after after it hit 17, it stayed the same, but that's when it gained five inches. Um, that's crazy. I didn't yeah, even know. I had no idea that they were changing the specs like that at all. Like, I knew they were ch upgrading, like, hatches and, yeah. uh, you know, like, like your consoles, I think, if I remember correctly, your console's a little bit different than mine. Um, mm -hmm. I know they yeah, upgraded the hatch. They got rid of that bungee, that bungee up on the front hatch. That's gone now. They just have that piece of rubber where you slide your paddle up under. But, yeah, yeah anybody no that's not familiar with the Kusa HD, it debuted in 2015. Uh, it is a Drew Gregory signature watercraft. I'm not quite sure if that means he helped design it or if he just got to fish it first and it's Drew approved. No, he uh, designed that boat. Okay. Uh, it, yeah. It's, one of its key features is the Elite C 3.0, which featured... It, it's evolved over time a little bit, but it's maintained... The majority of it has stayed the same. It uh, has two pockets on the side for, I think, 3600 series Plano tackle boxes that came with, and probably is still coming with, the Kusa HD. Uh, there's two of those on each, one, one on each side. Then it had a small pocket in the front for, say, some fish grips, whatever you want to put in there, and it had a pocket on the back. Uh, the difference between the Kusa and the Kusa HD, uh, one of the things was that it, featured rod tusks or tip protectors towards the front of the boat. Uh, it had the three key hinged hatches. You had the, the biggest one in the front, which there was a lot of space to put. Small tents, sleeping bags. I mean, you could really pack this thing full if you wanted to. However, I tried putting rods in there one time, and it's sort of a last resort thing for me. Um, I tried it without a rod sock. And it was definitely nicking and smacking uh, the uh, eyelets. So I, 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 maybe it's a little better with a rod sock, but and it's doable. But last resort, in my opinion. So you've got yeah, to. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah I don't. I won't more. put rods in there. No. I won't do it either. Man. <laughs> no, I, I it kills. I Brad does it in his boat, man. Then. I just, uh, I tried it too, and I was like, man, and then I had the fear of it sliding way back and having to try to dig it out, and, uh, you know, I think sometimes, I, and that's also, I think, where broken rods come from, man, they smacking around against each other and nicking a little bit, oh, um, and I think definitely. that causes it, and I didn't like that bend, I was like, no, I'm not, I, I tried it like two times maybe, and I was like, mm -mm, nope, not yeah, at much, all, man. Too much of a bend. Too low down towards the reel. Oh, yeah. You're trying to get in there, and that's not meant to bend that way. <laughs> so, not at all. 
yeah, that Bonafide's got a nice front hatch, real low. You can slide everything in the front there. Um, that's something I have down on what I don't like about the bow, which I'm sure we'll yeah. cover here shortly. But um, going back to the features of the Coos HD for anybody who's not familiar, <clears throat> very nice size front hatch. You can put a ton of stuff in there. I put an extra hog trough. Uh, I kind of have like a little store basket that I squeezed in there that would flex a little bit so that it that when I do want to put stuff in there it doesn't slide to the back. Yeah. So I've got a little a little laundry basket in there. Uh, the middle hatch is removable. It's like a front dash. You can put gear tracks on it. You can uh, mount your fish finder. There's a little dry hatch where I put my wallet, my keys, and it has kept everything dry for me. I never had a problem with that. I've heard people talk about, uh, you know, my stuff will get wet, but I've never had a problem. Just make sure it's shut. You can take that off for more deck space. Underneath, you have bungees for the Nalgene bottle, which I think they've offered with the Kusa HD for probably every year now. I'm not sure if the 19's got it or not, but there's a spot you can hook the Nalgene bottle if you don't already have the Yak Attack cup holder upgrade, which you can also put right in between the seat because there's a gear track that runs right in the middle of the seat. And then finally, the rear hatch, which is the smallest. Uh, I've got a first aid back there. I don't use that for too much just because it's a small space, but it's kind of cool that you can open that up and get air flowing through there if uh, you got water in your boat or something you need to circulate but I don't use that too much not much I can put back there then there's a molded battery spot underneath the center console where I set my dry box with my battery in it uh, it takes away from the dry the dry bag that's in the middle because it'll be bumping up against it if your if your battery box is too too big but I still have some space to get my keys and stuff in there um, other smaller features included padded foot braces. It's got plenty of gear tracks on the sides, behind the seat. The tank well was made for the J crate. However, you can put a regular crate in there. I noticed, I don't know if it's the same as yours, but in that, that, uh, that tank well, it's almost like a, it rises up towards the middle, right? It's got the the mold, how it's molded, it's got like a, parts of the plastic is kind of sticking up. I don't know what that's supposed to fit. But yeah, it's kind of come ridges. up to uh, like a triangle type. It's not flat. It comes up a little bit in the middle. It's the same for yours. Um, to tell you the truth, I haven't noticed that. But you're talking about those plastic raised ridges that run yep. down it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have those too. I do know that the boat with the angle of it, because I have a Yak Attack black pack back there. And it fits, but it doesn't fit, like, perfectly. It fits well enough, but I actually have to kind of kind of move it just, like, maybe, like, a quarter to a half an inch to one side or the other for it to fit properly because of That's the rod holders. About. Yeah. Yeah, the rod holders bump on the back edge of the, uh, of the, um, of the actual opening that it's sitting down in. Okay. So, but it works, man. It, it's not, it doesn't move around. Um, the Yakutak Black Pack has these little hook things on the tops of it, and my bungees actually hook around it, and they like crisscross like this. 
and holds that thing down in place so it doesn't slide around if if it wasn't bungee though man i think you would hear it all over the place but um yak attack was really smart with uh making that because it it fits down in there and hold uh keeps everything pinned down really well like if i was to flip over i don't think that black pack would go anywhere i think it would stay in the boat for sure so uh it did make the bungees though loose uh, like, so when I'm done and I put the bungees back in their normal spot on those, uh, those hooks or whatever you want to call them, the little, uh, eyelets that are on the, uh, gear tracks on both sides, yeah. it's loosened everything up a lot, but it, uh, it's not really, it doesn't affect anything obviously. So it just looks kind of crappy a little bit, but uh-huh. most of the time I always have the black pack anyways. So. Gotcha. Uh-oh. I took a little bit different approach when it came to a crate in the back. I wanted to get a J crate, but I'm having trouble finding one because they don't make yeah. it anymore, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. I ended up putting just a regular crate back there, which works just fine. I don't care what anybody has to say. Uh, yeah. Regular crate works just fine. Um, but I bought L brackets, little metal L brackets from the hardware store. And I put one, uh, the T bolt. I have a T-bolt on the aluminum gear track that runs down the, behind the seat. And I put that L-bracket on there and put a wing nut on there. Mm-hmm. And then I, I took a bolt and it's hold, it's got a wing nut on it and it's the flat end is on the inside. So uh, my crate won't go anywhere. It moves just a little bit, but flipping over, it'll be able to handle that. So just something new I tried for the past year or so. Yeah, I was, uh, when I was looking, I used to have just a regular mill crate style in the back also, but the thing that I didn't like is I, I didn't come up with a good mounting solution like you did, and I used it for a little bit, but I what I wanted was something closable, so uh, I, happen, right <laughs> I happened to find uh, the Black Pack Field and Stream had some, and they were like blemishes, they had scratches on them. And so they were like 25% off or something like that. So I just went ahead and, and got one. And I and I really, really like it. Um, I did put like a hog trough bracket on it. Um, yeah. The Yak I mounted that to it. But I think your boat has this. You have that gear track that goes across uh, the, the well back there that's like right behind the seat. Yep. That bracket lays down on top of that gear track. It's way too close. And, and that's even at it's like, I think I have it on its highest setting. Like, cause that, that well is fairly deep. And when I drop that black pack in there, man, that bracket sits like really low. And I just, I, I actually don't even utilize it whatsoever. Now it's kind of hard to get it in and out of that bracket, but, um, that gear track is in the way, but I ended up getting one of the Nalogene, uh, Yak Attack cup holders. I put one on that gear track, and then I have, I actually use a rod holder on the opposite side on that same gear track that's right that goes across behind the back. Yeah, and those are both that's, cool ideas. I thought about doing that. You want to have that rod holder right there for when for when you hook a fish, and you just need to set it up somewhere. Yeah. Just get it out I, of the way. I, well, I actually use it for my net. Um, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I put I put my net right there, so it's just directly right behind me, and all I have to do is reach and pull. You know, it's right there. So um, usually, if I land a fish, I, I usually put my rod 
um, up in the front, I kind of like use my uh, foot pedal and brace my rod like butt up underneath it. Uh, okay. It kind of depends on obviously your situation. If you're up next to a tree and stuff, because I with that when I caught that 120 man, I had the rod up there and it, my rod ended up getting stuck in the tree. So um, it was a bad. I didn't think about. It. I was so excited about catching that fish. I was like, oh, just toss it up there, and then I went to back out. <laughs> My rod was stuck, and then my net got stuck. And but so let's uh, let's talk about some of the uh, your pros and cons on the Kusa HD. Okay, Absolutely. so you go ahead and yeah. go into the things that you enjoy about the boat. What you you know what what your experience have been, and the things that you know you see we they can make some improvements on. Yeah, right on. So the first thing I like about the boat is that it's offered in 12 foot and it's offered in nothing but 12 foot because i feel like 12 foot for most kayaks depending on what you're doing especially kayak fishing is that sweet spot i don't i will never have anything that's less than a 12 foot boat simply for tracking purposes and stability purposes and i've noticed the difference having owned a 10 foot boat before uh yeah how Sometimes when you go out there, you get owned by Mother Nature as it is. It doesn't matter what boat you're in because we're in kayaks, period. But get less owned by the wind, by current, when you have that bigger, a little bit heavier boat. So um, if you need something smaller and lighter, you know, they make a completely different boat for that. But for something that's specifically engineered for fishing, not just fishing, but uh, with both river and lake in mind, 12 foot was an excellent spot to be. Yeah. Uh, I also like the width of it, obviously. I can stand up very comfortably in my boat. Um, you know, you want to keep a shoulder length with, with your legs, and it's not like I can turn sideways and put one leg up and Captain Morgan in it and all that, but uh, I can definitely stand in my boat very comfortably, and I, I have no problem doing so even on the river. I have done it in moving current, but, you know, if you're smart about it. Uh, the seat is comfortable. There's something I don't like about the seat, which is, I wish it was a little bit higher up uh, compared to some of these. You know, a lot, a lot of these boats that are coming out now weren't on the market when the Kusa HD was coming out. So, at the time, it was, you know, one of the higher seats, but it's since been changed, so I can't hold that against it. But, I do wish it was up just a little bit higher. I am a taller dude. I'm six foot tall. With depending on the shoes I'm wearing, I could be six foot one. And even though I can handle it out there and it do just fine sitting down, sometimes when I'm casting, I do hit the water. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm throwing a seven two pole or even just a seven foot pole, I really got to watch how I'm how I'm slinging out there. I like that there's a padded deck because. I like yeah. to take off my shoes every once in a while, and, you know, it's pretty comfortable. So that's sort of a minor thing if it didn't have a padded deck, which most kayaks do. Yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Jackson was kind of, I think, an innovator on that because when they came out with the Coos HD and put that padded deck, not only is it comfortable, but it's quiet. You know, you Very go quiet. to set something down, it's a lot more quiet, so you're not going to spook the fish. But I don't know if you knew this, but I think, Coos HD was the first boat that they did that came out with that deck pad, and it was so popular, and yeah. so many people wanted it that they ended up 
uh, making deck pads for almost all their boats. Uh, okay. For all their fishing. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Because that was the that year, man. Everybody's like, "Oh man, I wish I had that for my cruise angler," you know, or mm -hmm. uh, for the kraken. And I think uh, they started to, you know, make up cut out patterns for it and you could get you know buy it online i don't know how many boats they did it for but i think they did for most of them so um you know you just had to install it yourself obviously so and i know there was a company i don't know if they they're probably still doing stuff but you can get the custom deck padding it was like 200 dollars, mm -hmm. and you can get different, all these different colors if i never got into it never went that far with it because Something like that is purely cosmetic, which, don't get me wrong, I like cosmetic stuff just like anybody else does. You know, I changed out my bungee cords on my kayak to match the Bahama theme. I threw in the orange, I got the orange crate, the orange yeah. bungees, I got the orange um, <clears throat> battery box, dry, dry box, and, you know, just kind of my own thing I'm doing, but I don't think I went as far as to match something that I'm just going to be standing on and getting dirty and have the possibility of it just peeling right back up, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. And I think it's it's not any softer than what's already on there, but and lastly, just the front hatch. I've been able to put quite a bit in that front hatch. Again, not being able to put my rods, that's a flaw about it, and that's one of the things I don't like. I wish it had a bigger hatch so I could put my poles in there. For instances like this past weekend, if you're gonna if you're gonna do a tournament and you're gonna go to another part of the lake or you're gonna go like we were on East and West Harbor and I wanted to go over to East or West Harbor for a little bit, you wanna make it as easy as possible on yourself. And one way of doing that is be able to throw everything right in the front, load it up into the truck or the trailer, throw it back out on the water and everything's right there in the front. But I can't yeah. quite do that yet. So Yeah. Uh, but that's my five that I like. Uh, things I don't like, I mentioned the height of the seat. I wish it was a little higher. It's okay. It's doable. But And, and the fact, well, one of the big ones that I've, I've said for a long time, I wish it came with aluminum gear tracks. Oh, yeah. I um, agree. That, that's a big one for me because they're already making money on these boats. I feel like what, what more is it to just put the aluminum? And maybe it's done for a reason that, I'm not quite thinking of maybe it's done to keep the boat stealthy because the plastic doesn't make you know when you when you undo something on the gear track and slide it it's going to make that, that uh, shing you know yeah. sound whereas if you have plastic sometimes it's a little harder because you get grit and grime down in there and it's kind of it doesn't slide as smoothly but it is more quiet yeah, yeah. I wish it had the aluminum I, I replaced mine in the back and I was debating on doing the sides until I got a crack in it but, yeah. yeah, I replaced the back ones for reasons other than, yeah, I did it for the Boondocks landing gear. Yeah. Um, and they also don't sell that size of aluminum gear track in the, in the brand that I was looking for anymore. So that's another reason why I didn't do it yet. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my, what I like about the bow and what I don't like about the bow. Fishing poles don't fit in the front. I wish I had aluminum gear tracks. And the height of the seat. Yeah. Do you, to, do you want to cover what you like and don't like about the boat before we go into anything else? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll start out with my uh, my positives. Uh, the boat itself um, is 
made obviously for the river. I mean, it's the Coos HD for a reason. And from day one of getting in that thing, I had no issues paddling it whatsoever. Even being a 12-foot boat, you would think, I mean, a lot of guys go small in the river, you know. Yep. And that boat, being a 12 and being as wide as it is, it cuts like a small boat around in current and in the rivers very, very well. Um, but kind of on the negative side of that is its performance on the lake. It is good enough for the lake and it's quite capable on the lake, but you can see where that boat, the design for the river affects how it is on open water. Um, it gets pushed with wind very, very, very easily. Uh, I will fish next to guys in bonafides or feel freeze and they are not spinning around like I end up doing a lot of times. Um, you know, and that's whether or not I'm in a high or low position. Usually, I, usually I rare, very, very rarely ever have that boat in a low seated position. Um, so, and when you're fishing, there's kind of, like you said, I, I've had the same issues when trying to cast up underneath trees and stuff like that and hitting water because you are sitting kind of low, but to still have the wind affecting it the way it is, I think it has to do with that front, the front of the boat. It sits up a little bit different. And I think that hatch also creates like a bubble and it just, the wind will hit the front of that boat, man, and turn it in a heartbeat. Right. That's just one of my gripes about it. But I can't say that it's something negative about the boat for a boat being designed for river paddling, basically, you know, um, uh, one of my other positives is the, the layout of the deck. I like it. Um, I like the console. The console is a great idea, especially for the fact that it's removable. Uh, I like to get, uh, my kids out on the boat occasionally, take them out for a paddle and it's really easy to take that out. And that deck is, uh, relatively flat. It does have some of the ridges and stuff from where the, uh, console kind of meets down on it, but for the most part, it's it, they're both kids. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and both of them are com comfortable in my boat. So, um, let me see what else. Um, the stability is uh, is awesome. I'm sure there's obviously obviously anytime you go longer and wider with the boat, it's just going to improve the stability. Right. So the Kusa. HD is a very stable boat, and it's not even nearly as wide and long as some of the other, the newer models that are or models that are out there in brands. But um, it 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 has some serious stability to it. You know, I've seen videos where guys are inside that boat on the water, and they could jump and turn around and land on their feet, and that boat is still stable. So um, it's got it's kind of a crazy boat and you can kind of tell it's made for the river because you're going to, you know, if you're in rapids and stuff and you get turned sideways, you're going to tilt a lot. And that boat has like a secondary point in which it keeps keeps you still balanced. You can get on that boat, and really kick it left and right by pushing down on both sides and see how it's it's a hard boat to actually flip over. You know, um, I've never I've never done it. I think I might try to do that this summer is take. Just go out maybe with the family, not take any fishing gear, and try to flip it on purpose. Strip man. it down and try to flip it over. Yeah, that'd be fun. And, it's recommended and, um, that you practice that, too. Yeah. It's, um, oh, let's see. 
Um, the storage, the way everything was set up as far as gear tracks are great. Um, I, uh, I do have a big gripe, too, with the uh, plastic gear tracks. I'm not a big fan of them. I uh, understand like what you were saying with the stealthiness, but I mean, for the big rig, the new big rig FD has aluminum gear tracks all the way around. So uh, I don't know if it's really a stability thing or a cost cutting thing, but aluminum's not super expensive. So hold on, which, which kayak did you say offered that all the way around? Uh, the big rig FD, I th- think really? it has all, yeah, I think it has all aluminum. So, but the, um, the FD Kusa doesn't. I have that. I'm not 100 percent sure on. So I guess it would be the Kusa yeah, FD. Yeah, that's. I'd like to find that out. I didn't know they were doing that. Now, which... Um and uh, like like the molded in rod holders. I love those. Um, I utilize them. Some people don't. They put their net in there. Um, I start putting. Yeah, I start putting more rods in there because the more we're starting to get in tournaments, the more rods obviously I'm carrying. So. <laughs> I didn't want to put six, you know, rod holders on that black pack. I've got three, and three is enough to get caught up in the trees, standing straight up. So I think I might try to take those off and re-angle them. I like to have everything sitting more at an angle as opposed to straight up in the air. So um, now my cons with that boat, I've got a few of them. Um, I don't like the foot pegs. I like the padded part of it, but I do not like. The track system that it's made for, it's plastic. And if you really start using your body the way you're supposed to paddle, is you're supposed to paddle with more your torso than just your arms. And when you tend to use your torso, you tend to push a little bit with your feet. And you can see those foot, that that gear, that track that those pegs are on, flex out. Yeah, I've said this before, and I might have said it to you. I don't know why they didn't put a third bolt in there. Because that would prevent the flexing right there in the middle. I, right. I have I have no reason. I have no idea why they did not do that, or if they have a reason. But one bolt on each side would at least keep it from flexing out, like it's like it's going to snap sometimes. And yeah. I'm a little bit lighter on my feet. You know, like you said, you're a lot when you, when you're setting the hook or something, or just when you're paddling. You really like to push against those foot pegs, but I haven't had an issue with it yet. None of them have snapped. I get it. It's an easily replaced piece, but putting a bolt right there in the middle would keep that. Yeah. Flexing out. Yeah. The um, other gripe that I had, but it's actually been addressed. It's just kind of specific to my boat, maybe the year after. I don't know if your boat has this. But that front hatch, um, it's kind of on the flimsy side uh, at its uh, hinge points. Um, when you open it up, you can see it kind of move side to side as you yep. know oh, yeah. a little bit so i don't like that it almost feels like if the wind caught it hard enough it would snap i highly doubt that it will but it just has that appearance um and then that whole both both the front and back were n- never watertight um i do know like there that's where i i think i actually get a lot of water from is from where you might hit like in a ripple or a wave or something and a little bit of water splashes up and sits down in that edge and i think that water is leaking like into the boat um if i've had like a a, like a, a windy wavy day on the lake or we've hit some rapids pretty good um i will have water inside the 
boat. And I think that's where it's coming from. And the way I actually kind of tested that, well, it was a, it wasn't really a test that I intended to do, but that's how I realized that that stuff's not watertight is I had my boat in the back of my truck strapped down for a couple days um, from where I was fishing all week. I was on second shift and we had a couple storms that kind of came through during the week and that boat was just sitting there and that's where I think the water is coming in from because it pulls up around those hatches not the back hatch but because the back hatch just kind of goes down but the front hatch has like a little lip not lip but almost like a little ditch that goes all the way around it where that foam is and i think it goes in through there but i know that they've redesigned those um i do not i didn't like the um the bungee latches i well actually i did and i didn't as as I saw the boat, uh, different models and brands that came out progress and seeing the style of hatches they had and the way to close them, uh, at first I, the bungee didn't bother me, but then I was like, oh, that's a much, much better idea. So I know that they've redid it, and that's the style that they have is like the little turn, like the kind of knob that you just turn to lock it down in place. That's, that is a lot better. I think that they've made it more watertight than what mine is. Um, but I do like how they added the the uh, little piece of rubber to slide the paddle keeper on top of that uh, front hatch as opposed to the bungee ones. The bungee ones are a little tricky. I'm good at it now just because I've had the boat for four years. I can slide it in there because I know what angle I need to hold that paddle up to get the blade to go up underneath it. Um, but, like, you know, that took that took a good year of getting used to it. I'd sit there and fight trying to get that thing up under the bungees to keep it in place for a long time. So um, I know that was redesigned and they have that new style now and that a lot of people really like that a lot better than what they, the bungees did for them before. So, yeah, I have a catchboard uh, that I ordered, you know, the weight of that is so much more than a typical hog trough. Yeah. Sometimes I slide it up there in those bungees Sometimes I'll leave it. This is mainly just when it's in the garage. I'll leave it tucked up there because it, it holds tight when I'm driving or something. Uh, but yeah. if I ever open up that hatch, it feels because it's so heavy, I have to pull it out of there, which isn't a big deal. But depending on what you put underneath your bungees in the front, it might feel like that door is going to fall off even more so. So you yeah. really have to remove whatever's there or you have to watch out you're opening it um, because it does feel kind of flimsy. And I get it. The front hatch is removable and replaceable, but probably for nothing more, probably for nothing less than 50 bucks. So, yeah. And going back to another thing that aluminum gear check that's behind the seat, I've heard of people actually removing that before. It's not a very good idea. If you have a Coos HD, do not remove that because it's there for structural purposes. And you're yeah. really asking for it to start to warp and, and bow out and pretty much the boat to just collapse over time, yeah. I would imagine, if you remove that. So that's all I had to add to that. Yeah, so that that's um you know, that's my my pros and cons on the boat. Um would I change ever getting that boat? Not at all. Um like we talked about before, um uh, I plan on upgrading hopefully next year to getting a, a nice big lake boat, you know, like the yeah, big rig the, FD. I sat um, in that, uh, that big rig FD HD and it's, 
there's a lot more deck space and it feels like a serious competitor to the Hobie. I mean, yeah. It was nice. I only sat in it for 10 minutes. And I think it was the same one that we tested at the Paddle and Fin. Yeah. I think you were in that boat too, right? Jerry's. Yeah. Jer- yeah. yeah yep. that, I loved it. I love the color, the battleship color. I was hoping that if I end up getting uh, 2019 with the, the warranty, I'll be, I can probably do, uh, I can upgrade us on, on all the stuff that we're questioning since we yeah. haven't had the chance to sit in 2019 yet. But the, the battleship color is really slick on any of those boats. That's one of the colorways they have out right now. Yeah. I'm looking to hopefully maybe get a custom color. <laughs> that would be sweet. I've seen some really sick custom colors. Yeah. What color are you thinking for that? Um, there's a, a, there's a Liska out there that somebody had posted on Jackson's uh, Facebook page and it's kind of, it's either a black and high viz yellow color or it's either, or really dark gray and it, it's really killer. I'll have to send you the picture of it, man. I think you might've, you might've seen it. I posted it that I, uh, I really liked it and a lot of people kind of commented that they liked it too. So about a, about a month ago or something like that. Yeah, it was a, a couple of months ago, but send it to me again. I like to see it again. I've seen some yeah. really cool looking ones though. I, I particularly like, well, like I said, the battleship color. I like blue and black and that blue, dark gray. That's just such a cool color. So I'd probably try to end up with something like that if I had if I had my way. Last yeah. time I was talking to them though, they said they only had two colors left. One was bone, bone color, which is basically white, which I'm not trying to jump into because. It's not going to look so pretty after a little while when I'm done with it. <laughs> and they had Wicked, which is a green and black, which is pretty similar to what I have. So. Yeah, that's what Jay has. Okay. Yeah, I think not, Jay ran. Not a bad color. I'm just, I, I want to go more towards my favorite color or more towards an earthy tone. Yeah. Next. But, um, so, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, like I said, I, I don't plan on getting rid of that boat. Um, I really have enjoyed it. I've gotten a lot of good memories. I've become a better angler because of it. Uh, not necessarily because of the boat, but just the amount of time that I've spent in it. Um, you know, uh, I could spend a whole day fishing in that thing, and I might be a little sore, but, you know, I, I think that's that's more from me. You know, just from what I do for work and sitting down in that chair is just, it kind of takes its toll on me after a while. The but chair? Is that what you're Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't trade that thing in for the world, man. It's a, it's an awesome performing boat when you get on uh, moving water. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't want to get rid of it anytime soon whatsoever. So. It's uh, it'll stay with me as long as it's floating. So, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I I agree. Regardless of what flaw it has, uh, I think I'm sold on the fact that it's been a good boat for me for the past four years, or going on four years. I put probably a couple hundred hours into it yeah. on both lakes and rivers. It's been solid for me during tournaments. I really, even though the seat is a little lower, I, I personally don't feel sore when I get out of it. You know, other than the fact that once you sit for so long, you're naturally going to feel a little stiff. 
they yeah. don't hurt from it. It's got the lumbar support. Um, I would buy it again. I would just watch how, you know, I would probably update myself on, because um, I had no clue that the crack that happened to my bow was even a thing. But then again, I didn't really know what defects it had. I never really paid attention, but yeah. I probably just maybe even more. It's, it sucks you got to do that sometimes, but every boat's got its flaws, and uh, I'm sure it would be good for me for another three years before something happened to it. So, yeah, my, my final cast on it is thumbs up. If you're looking for a great lake and river boat, then I say it's the way to go. Yeah. Um, again, it is still still got a hefty price tag on it, just like yeah, the, well, the cost of kayaks anymore are, are not going down, so it's something to get used to unless you're going to stay with the big box stores. Perception's still got some pretty cheap kayaks. Old Town's got some cheaper kayaks. Native. Jackson's, I mean, that's starting to be, I guess you could say it's starting to be a trend that people are putting, these companies are putting the cheaper kayaks on the market. And yeah. And also still taking their current kayaks to the next level. Yeah, it's um, it's it's like we talked about at the beginning of the show, man. Um, if you and I are serious anglers, the guys that we do this podcast with are serious anglers. So it makes sense to go drop that kind of money on a big boat because you need some level of comfort and functionality to what we're doing to be a successful angler, you know. Uh, the boat doesn't necessarily make you a better angler. It just makes it easier to become a better angler, in my opinion. Right. Um, you know, you, we could carry more gear a lot easier, you know, the comfort level, because we're going to spend eight hours on a tournament fishing. Dude, I spent, I told you about that one tournament over the weekend. I spent a good solid 12 hours. You're like, that's crazy. And I'm like, well, you know, I was trying to do good and <laughs> yeah. I was on fish. I was on fish. I was uh -huh. like, it was hard not to stop, you know, and I literally through that, through that, that tournament, it was a three day tournament. I fished four different rivers. So having a nice. boat like that made that possible and made it easier to get my gear where I needed to be. Um, but if you're an angler and you only go out like maybe a couple times a month, look into getting a Jackson Bite or one of these big box stores kayaks, man, because you you may not be you might be carrying one or two rods in a backpack. There's no reason for you to go out and get an HD, you know. Um, check out the Bite, you know, because it's got a couple rod holders in there. It's it's got open deck space. It's super stable boat, just as stable as our boats. It's a little shorter. It's lighter. It's going to be more manageable for you to make those quick trips if you're just going out for a couple hours or whatever. You know, I've actually even thought about getting a smaller boat for something that I could just go out real quick with. I know that Brian has like a really simple little boat that he can throw up on his shoulder and, you know, go get to the water super fast with and, you know, spend a couple hours. You know, it, it is a pain to own one of these bigger fishing kayaks that has all this and you have all this gear with to set it up, you know, you're take 20, 30 minutes setting everything up and getting out to the water, you know, and you might not have that time. So, um, you know, there's, there's ups and downs with all those situations and 
find what fits you, you know, if, and kind of look at it like, Hey, do I want to get into the serious? And if that answer is yes, then go get a serious boat. If you're just, you know, an occasional angler, there's no reason to go drop that kind of cash on a big boat. So. Yeah. Uh, don't, what, what I would have to say is don't be afraid of that journey or that process like I've been in three different boats. I've been in a sit-in, so I've been in the crappiest of the crappy. I've had a mid-grade boat. I'm still not in top of the line boat, but I like where I'm at. Yeah, it's part of the fun. Just like yeah. with fishing, you know, everybody wants to be accomplished with all this and you know have this under their belt and all that. The, the fun part is the journey to get there. So, right. having been in three different kayaks, some people have been in more, some people have been in less, but kind of adds to the resume you can speak on behalf of those kayaks now right it's helped make you as an angler so some people have jumped in to write that big badass kayak maybe that hobie right off the bat well that's all they can speak for now so don't be afraid of uh jumping into something else and being able to speak for it that's what i have yeah. to say all right man yeah. this is fun i can't wait yeah. to keep doing it justin <clears throat> good uh good icebreaker I'm, I'm looking forward to uh jumping into some other topics for future episodes if you guys have any suggestions or there's a product you guys want to hear reviewed um shoot us a message i think we're still yeah, especially the email of paddle and paddle letter n and finn at gmail.com go ahead yeah, like if you guys have any questions regarding any like any kind of product, man, like especially with Yak Attack, because I know me, Justin, and pretty much everybody on the Paddle and Fin crew have bought several Yak Attack items, and we could get any kind of information you guys have on any kind of products like that. I know that that's a big one. That was a big one for me when I started actually rigging up the boat, and there's a lot of stuff like. I know Justin and I, we, uh, we've got some stuff written down for some of the Yak Attack products we're going to start going over. But if you guys have anything additional that you want to hear about, uh, just reach out to us um, and uh, we'll get that up on the show as well. So, And we're going to do a mixture of things, man. We're going to be doing everything from paddles and PFDs to rigging stuff like from Yak Attack, lures, um, rods and reels if you guys want, you know. If you guys have a question about a certain rod and reel. Now, not all of us are obviously going to have, we're not going to have the access to a whole bunch of like, you know, companies, rods and reels. That's not going to happen. But if you could go to our gear page, go through Justin's stuff, my stuff, Brian's stuff, anything like that, and say, hey, you know, I want to know how that rod and reel combo throws, you know, or whatever. We can reach out to the other, other people that we work with on this and say, hey, can you give me a quick review of that? of what you want we can bring that up on the show as well so absolutely <clears throat> yeah we uh we've tested out several things i think you know paddles rod holders so there's quite a bit to choose from here but uh i'm looking forward to trying some stuff that i haven't quite yeah touched on. i'm ex i'm excited justin to hear about the paddle man you need to get out there with that thing yep it's gonna happen you someday guys you guys all looked at me crazy when I told you the price that uh, those high-end paddles cost. But I think when yeah. you, pat, you get out there, you're going to be like, I get it now. So, <laughs> yeah, well, well, it's sitting in the garage. It's waiting on me. But 
That thing's sharp too, man. I like that design on it. It looks cool. Yeah, it was between that one and the the blades that looked like they were a bass scales. I thought that was yeah. pretty sick. But I am a sucker for uh, earth tone colors and gray. Anything with gray on it looks good. Anywhere yeah. you put it. So. <clears throat> All right. Well, we have anything else to talk about as far as the Cusa HD? Anything we need to touch on before we shut it down here? Nope. I just say if you if you've got the money and you like a good riverboat, man, it's uh it's top notch, man. It literally I know guys that paddle Hobies and they still say that their number one river choice is the Coos HD, you know, and I uh, like I, I don't have anything to compare it to. That's the only boat that I've owned. And but I've also had it for four to five years now, man, and that thing's held up, you know. Uh if I look back at it, I've put it through the ringer i've you know i've gone over some gnarly rocks i mean i've got you talked about the bottom of your boat being relatively clean mine is not mine is a hot oh yeah mess. yeah <laughs> it looks like a mountain lion has attacked the bottom of my boat so even if i wanted to try to sell it most people would probably be like eh, i don't know you know so but that just comes with that's just that's part of the game man when you river fish it's, up, you're gonna... it's a little older than my boat so that tells yeah. you something as far as that just watch that seat watch the cockpit in that seat now don't tighten yeah. that seat down too hard don't stand on your seat if you have yeah. things like that. I, yeah i've never stood on it um i don't even i've never fished like you guys did either you know how you guys will get on your knees facing backwards i i don't really mess around with that only because i've got that black pack with those rods sticking up and yeah. um you know i've been the past couple of years i've been taking much more gear with me than i did in the past so um it's just not uh, everything's too in the way in my opinion back there so but super stable boat man um it's awesome uh i love jackson kayaks um i don't think i'd ever go with another brand i just i, I like the way they they operate as a company. I like how they have their fishing team set up. They have all these people. They look for good people, and you don't have to be some, you know, top-notch river or you know tournament angler or anything like that. You know, they just look for good, honest people, man. And um, you know, that, uh, I'm gonna stick with that company, dude. And you know, even if my QSHD takes a crap one day and it's done, it's done. I think I've gotten my uh, my uh, money's worth so far. Yeah. And I would probably get an, I would definitely get another one for sure, man. So that's uh, kind of depends. If I go try out the Kilroy, the new Kilroy HD, and the thing's awesome, I'm I might have to steer that direction. But yeah, that's gonna be one I'm gonna have to look at too. I heard a lot of good things <laughs> so, about that, and it looks killer. So yeah, yeah, Kilroy. You got anything else you want to add? I don't. Let me just give a shout out to. Or mention uh, to the sponsors of the show. We got Rocktown Paddle Sports, Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Coyote Sunglasses, uh, Sweetwater Brewing, Fish Mob Lures, Southern Lake Co., Michigan Ohio Kayak Anglers, and Hammered Lures. Don't forget to save all your destroyed plastics, put them in a baggie. We will have the address in the show description send all of them to eric at rocktown i'm sorry at hammered lures for the heroes on the water program he melts them down and turns them into other lures for our veterans so um, 
that's all you got, then. Uh, oh, yeah. To, to add on to, I know we've been trying to make a note of this. If you are sending lures to Eric at Hammered Lures, um, keep your Z-Man product separate, man. That that plastic compound is different than uh, all the other brands. They have a patent on that. The stuff obviously is awesome, but keep those separate from the other plastics. That way they don't get mixed in because uh, I think it takes a little bit of a different process to get them, those melted down than what it does for the standard ones. So, Right. But uh, yeah. if you haven't... If you haven't seen the effects of mixing Z-Man products with regular products, it's happened by accident. It wasn't terrible. Uh, a couple things about it is it will it will like shrivel up and shrink and melt your regular plastics, and the Z-Man stuff will also kind of look like you've had it over a fire. And yeah. Z-Man products are also very flammable. I found that out. I put one fire when we were camping out <laughs> it stayed on fire for like probably 10 minutes and just a, yeah. just went to a pool and stayed on fire so <laughs> keep those two things in mind and keep them separate all right all right guys uh tune in on friday for the reel down segment and we will be airing our show the final cast every thursday so until next time tight lines and smooth battling Thanks, everybody.